If you missed it live, catch the broadcast on kaya959.co.za. Building up on Inside Your Pocket now and speaking to Louis Boeta from the Tax Exchange and Control Practice at Cliff Decker Hofmeyer uh, to help us unpack how the budget tax implications specifically all impact on our pocket. Mr. Boeta, always a pleasure to speak to you, sir. Thanks so much for, for having me on your show this evening. Fantastic. A real delight to speak to you, sir. And I guess first things first, when we take a look at some of the developments from uh, the tax point of view, syntax we knew would go up, but I guess there's a sense of subliminal joy that South Africans haven't seen any personal income tax increases, nor has VAT gone up. Is this really good news? <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think we can all agree um, in, in the short term, it's it's definitely good news. I, I think sort of everyone was sort of holding their collective breaths to see uh, what was going to happen. There was some some talk beforehand, given it that it is an election year, it might have been unlikely that one would see significant tax increases, and especially if one would look at, at the history of, of of what happened in 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 prior election years. Uh, but but definitely, I think overall it is it is good news. At least definitely. In the short term, um, I think, as it often is with these things, and as as one can also glean from reading this budget, projections and things change over time. So, evidently, decisions were made now to um, as to how one addresses issues such as our our foreign debt and, and how to 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 address issues like the wage bill and revenue collection shortfalls in a certain way. Now, how it plays out and whether it, it works overall to to everyone's benefit it remains to be seen but from a from a purse from a from the perspective of sort of the, the everyday man and woman i think it's it's generally good news uh, in that there weren't any significant increases 100 percent bracket creep is what everyone's been talking about so it is good news and i guess just monitor how your salary might increase if it does lead you into another um, um tax bracket but i'm also keen to to understand uh where we are in terms of compliance uh, this was also noted uh, in terms of the advancements and developments that were made by SARS, but are we seeing that despite the fact that we have a rather small tax base, but that they are improving in terms of levels of compliance? Yeah. So, so essentially, maybe to give a bit of a bit of context to 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 the the compliance issue, um, of course, SARS has been in, in sort of a rebuilding and modernising process. And that's been one of the one of the focus points of, of Commissioner Kispeta during his his term. So essentially, what they've tried to do is, is a number of things. Um, the, the challenges they face, firstly, is that you know our economy has not grown a lot, and so in the in the context of an economy that doesn't grow a lot, it's going to impact revenues, profits, and therefore taxes. So so that that that's that's the one the one issue in in the in that context. What they've turned their focus to is to try to expand the tax base, as it were, by trying to identify and find individuals, sectors, companies, where there are, for example, um, high levels of non-compliance, where companies or individuals or entities might not be registered at all, um, where there might be uh, fraud taking place on a large scale. There are sectors where, for example, uh, this is a a great issue, and others, the, the the illicit economy, and uh, for example, the the tobacco sector being one, and and, and some of it has been has been um, uh, reported on on in the media. So there's been that focus has been a big thing. There was uh, uh, the big contrast from last year to this year is because essentially we went through 
a commodities boom. So a lot of our, our mining companies made a lot of profits um, because of high commodity prices. Yes. And we actually ended up with, with, with far higher collections last year than, well, I mean, I'll say far higher, but, but collections that were higher than initially projected. And so essentially it's been, that sort of has leveled out uh, in, in the past year because the commodities boom, boom came to an end. So, and the minister also, also highlighted that in the speech. So that, those are the, are the challenges. And so, uh, as I said, three points of focus of SARS has been to try and um, identify fraud and issues within the illicit economy. People are not registered, trying to expand the tax base um, and, and areas where they, where they know that they, that typically tax evasion takes place. 100%. Louis, what I'm also keen for us to reflect on is, of course, uh, this new innovative uh, tax on multinationals. And this does come on the back of SARS mm. being in and out of court with multinationals who were saying, hold on, we're not domiciled in South Africa. We just have employees who work there. Uh, and I yeah. understand this does make us more globally competitive. Uh, help us unpack how this is, a, uh, I guess, another innovative way of enhancing uh, the, the, the tax bracket, but also our tax collection efficiencies. Right. So... So the global minimum tax, it's actually quite a, a complicated thing. But if one, to put it into its, its context, essentially what, what happened a couple of years ago, and I can call it the, the global tax community um, under the sort of the auspices or through the facilitation of what is called the Organization for Economic um, uh, Development, the OECD. Uh, they started a movement amongst countries worldwide to, to push for what is called sort of a global minimum tax of 15%. So in other words, a company, irrespective of how they structure their operations, should pay a minimum tax of at least 15%. Mm-hmm. So essentially what the what the GLOBE rules are trying to address, the GLOBE rules have been introduced pursuant to that. And South Africa, in fact, is one of the, one of the countries that have been at the forefront to a large extent of developing and pushing for adoption of these global rules, um, potentially because I'm not sure that the, that the minister or, or treasurer has ever come out to say the reasons why, but, but potentially because South Africa might be a country being a, a developing economy that might might suffer from some of the, the consequences arising from companies that structure their affairs so that profits are taxed in low tax jurisdiction. I'm, I'm, uh, sorry, I know, it sounds a bit complicated. I think no, I maybe yeah. the term that, that, that might have come up is, is is something called base erosion and profit shifting. So essentially what companies are trying to do, they're trying to structure their operations um, so that they pay, but the profits are taxed in low income or no, uh, or no income tax jurisdictions. Uh, for example, you can think of, for example, some of the cases that we've seen in the European Union with certain multinationals where the Europe, it's a similar concept where the European Union has sort of tried to take those companies to task because they've structured their affairs in such a way that they've paid mm. very, very low taxes. Uh, there's some instances, for example, where you even have a country like Ireland, which has one of the lowest corporate income tax rates in the world at 12%, but where some of these multinationals structure their, their affairs as such that their corporate income tax rate profits in that country was even lower than that than 12 percent so it's it's really a a response to that um the the big challenge of globe um and and this is something that we've sort of started debating now that it's come out is is going to be how they enforce it so what has happened over the last couple of years is that um companies that that uh, that earn i think it's, it's worldwide income of in excess of 750 million euro had to submit essentially declaration with SARS on an annual basis. So 
At this point in time, what SARS would have is they would have a record of companies to which these rules will potentially apply. So what one would likely see is that SARS was sort of looking at these companies to assess whether they um, their global operations are taxed efficiently and, and to the extent that it's not, then they would look at implementing these these principles under the the globe draft legislation. But it's in draft form. Mm. So let's go through a consultation process. So I, I think we have to wait and see. And I think it's only coming into effect in about, I think, I think 2025, I think the minister said, yeah. Makes sense. Lou, I can imagine there's been many moving parts to uh, not only compliance, but as you say, broadening the tax uh, base. And it almost seems as though there's a quid pro quo relationship here. Unless we can sort out growth so that businesses have greater profits to report, uh, there's more individuals who are employed or creating employment for others, then we actually won't see a sustainable and viable level of growth to tax collections. And I, I, that typically brings up the debate around the Laffer curve all the time. Uh, where yeah. are we in terms of your analysis of this and uh, perhaps some new innovative solutions that should be considered by SARS? Yeah, it's an incredibly difficult balance to strike because I think if we can, we maybe also distinguish to say in a practical sense, Treasury is largely the driver of and determine, that determines compliance, so that, that would be the Ministry of Finance, whereas SARS is mostly, although there are discussions in the background that on certain issues between SARS and, and, and Treasury, um, SARS is, is mainly there to enforce the rules and so on in place. So both entities, to an extent, are, I don't know if I want to use the word hamstrung, but they are, there is only so much that each of them, them, them can do. You know, um, it, it's, a, it's a multi in terms of creating an environment that, that in which companies can thrive and, and derive good profits and so on. That, that is something that is not, that is not only down to one government department. So I think SARS has, especially after losing a significant amount of expertise in the latter part of the 2010s, trying to rebuild, um, taking the steps that we already mentioned, uh, they really have have tried to improve their collections. Uh, I think it's generally more stable that they do have a, it seems that they have a transition plan in place because Commissioner Kisveter is um, mm. is trying, is, is I think his term ends in, in the coming months, but and they've, got, they've got three deputy commissioners and it appears that one of them will become commissioner. So, I think you know SARS can continue on this trajectory, but but there is a limit as to as to what they can do. And then you made the point about the about the Laffer curve. I, I think if one considers that we haven't increased the taxes, while I'm not, I don't think the minister referred to the Laffer curve per se. It, it, the the practical impact of of what he announced seems to be a recognition that you know if anything, taxes should not should not go up. And in the last few years. Mm. Uh, we haven't really seen tax increases. In fact, you, you might recall that, that two years ago, and, and as it stands now, the company's tax rate, you know, has gone down from 28 to 27%. So, so um, I, I think it's, yeah, it, it's a matter of SARS is trying to think, do as much as they can. Of, of course, they, 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 they can, they can do more. And I think they are trying to do that. But um, at, at some point, the, the only way that we're really going to get over this hump, if I can call it that, is, is if economic conditions improve and if and uh, uh, economic conditions improve your profits and thereby also tax collections. 100%. Louis, such a pleasure speaking to you, sir, and thank you so much for providing us with so much more clarity and context. Uh, I'm assuming the next couple of months, maybe even a year, will be an intriguing one. And maybe just to throw a question in there, typically do we see that elections do have any influence on tax compliance or tax legislature at all? 
It does have an impact on tax legislation. So I do recall in 2019, um, when we had our last national elections, um, the the amount of legislation because of of parliament, essentially the the current parliament's term is going to come to an end prior to the elections and only post the elections, the new parliament will be reconstituted. And, And the tax legislation is relatively unique in the sense that every single year, you have amendments of some kind. So, so these amendments you discussed, the Globe draft bill being one, um, will go through a public consultation process and some of the uh, announcements made, proposed announcements will be published in draft bills and and um, potentially be passed. But what we, we are likely to see is that um, there might be a bit less, although there were lots of proposals. Um, mm-hmm. We're consider 2019, if, if we see that trend again, there might be less amendments that are made compared to 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 non-election years. So I think that's that's maybe the thing, the main thing we can expect. Yeah, hundred percent. Always a pleasure speaking to you, Louis. Truly appreciate your time this evening, sir. And looking forward to touching base closer to September once the two pot system oh comes into play. I know that's also yes, that, <laughs> right? that'll be very interesting. That'll be very interesting. Yeah. yeah. Oh, fantastic. If you missed it live, catch the broadcast on kaya959.co.za.